Welcome to the MFR Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how you can create a six-figure MFR practice. I'm your host, Heather Hommel. Not only have I been practicing MFR for 11 years, I'm also a life and business coach, especially for MFR therapists. My goal is for you to understand how to get fully booked, how to talk to your clients, and how to make sure they understand what's possible for them with MFR treatment. I'm here to help you stop under earning, overworking, and burning out. I'll lend support so you can create the MFR practice you've always wanted. Learn how you can do it too, even if you live in a tiny town, and even if you're just starting out, and even if you've ran your practice for years. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the MFR Coaches Podcast. We are changing things up a little bit today, and instead of talking about myofascial release businesses, We are going to talk to my friend, Jennifer Dent Brown. She is a certified life coach and weight loss coach. Her and I were in the same class at life coaching school at the life coach school. And Jennifer was one of the first one-on-one coaches that I hired after my business one-on-one coach to help me to start to think about my body in a different way. Now, some of you guys might know that I suffer from some chronic illnesses. I have suffered with SIBO or SIBO, however you pronounce that. I've had a lot of abdominal surgeries. And so I suffered a lot with flares of my health. And for the longest time, kept telling myself that I was just stuck with the body that I had. I was always going to kind of be either too skinny or overweight. And I was going to fluctuate between the two and I had no control. And Jennifer helped me to see a different way. So this is a long introduction, but Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here with all of us. I love hearing your story and I love hearing how my work helped you. Yeah, it's so fun. And I wanted to share you with my audience because Mm -hmm. I think that as healers and healthcare providers, sometimes we put ourselves on the back burner and we have a high tolerance to suffering ourselves. And it doesn't have to be that way. And that was one of the things that you really helped me learn. So welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. We're just going to be riffing. (laughs) Yes, we're just going to be riffing. We don't have like a set topic, but I love talking about the intersection of weight and business building Mm. and growing a business and serving other people because it's either focus on one or you focus on the other and the other Mm. thing falls to the wayside. And I've had experience in focusing like all of my energy on losing weight, but also like trying to do this business thing on the side, Mm -hmm. which didn't really work out at the time. And then when I was really serious about leaving my corporate job and becoming a full-time coach, I was like in it, trying to like make all the things happen. And then Mm -hmm. I gained 20 pounds. Yeah. (laughs) As a weight loss coach, then I had to figure out, I'm like, okay, there has to be a way to deal with both and to make transformations in both areas at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I love it. Thank you for having me here. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about all the things. Okay. So one thing in particular that I think that was super helpful for me was this idea of learning how to see your weight, learning how to see food, learning how to see your body in a totally different way. One in which like none of those are your enemy and there's Mm. no good or bad. There's no good weight, right? Like, so your number on the scale is neutral, learning how to neutralize that 
especially for women, the way we are groomed and raised in our society, men too, but like, especially women. And I can only speak because I identify as a woman. This is Mm -hmm. my experience that we should weigh a certain amount. And when you weigh, you know, like under 120 pounds, then you are somehow worthy. And then you can somehow wear a swimming suit and short shorts and enjoy your life in a different way. And while working with you, I really came to this conclusion that I'm not actually any happier at a lower weight. I actually think about myself in the same way, but through your help and your coaching and you know lots of work on my own part, I now fully love myself no matter what the weight is on the scale. Like I don't weigh myself in the morning and then decide that it's going to be a good day. Like it's just neutral. If everybody could think of their weight as they think about their shoe size, like you're never trying to change your shoe size, right? Some people are, but yeah, for the most yeah, part, I mean, maybe the most part, people aren't. Yeah. Yeah. That is life changing. And that is my mission in life to free people from the hole that this number has, the number on the scale or the mm-hmm. number that's on the inside of their clothes on the tag that some mm-hmm. designers said, okay this is a good number or this is a not a good number. Mm -hmm. You know, I help women learn how to stop dieting forever. And because we have been raised in this culture and dieting is just acceptable. It's acceptable if you are starving yourself, it's acceptable to do all of these crazy things just to, like you said, see a number on the scale or just to be a certain weight. Mm -hmm. And none of these diets speak to emotional health. None of these diets speak to self-love. None of these diets speak to creating a different relationship with food, a different relationship with the scale, a different relationship with how we look in the mirror. None of these diets teach that. All they do is teach you how to like cut out food groups or exercise more or do like something punishing. They're punishing, Punishing, right. In order to achieve this goal. And like you said, you get to the number and then you're like, not happy. Yeah. You're still the same. You're still the same person. Yeah. The only thing that's changed is like, oh, you see this different number on the scale. And I tell my clients, I'm like, look, when you reach your, what I call your forever weight is the weight that you're going to be for the rest of your life. When you reach that weight, you're going to have like, oh no, a minute two minutes of like, ooh, excitement and you're going to be thrilled. But then after that, the dog is still going to be like wanting to get out and the kids are still going to be asking for cereal and like your boss is still going to want whatever he wants. Your clients are still going to be your needy clients. Like life still goes on. So it is not seeing the number on the scale that changes anything. It's not achieving this weight that changes anything. It's really your shift in your own mindset and your own relationship about yourself. Yeah. My biggest thing is I remember when I think I was in sixth grade. So I had to be 11 years old and I had been asked to be in this. We used to have the D.A.R.E. program. I don't know if you were of the D.A.R.E era in school, drug abuse resistance education oh, program. Oh, yes, yeah. It was like the acronym D-A-R-E. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And since my dad worked for the police department, I had this in with the D.A.R.E. officer and he was going to be in all these parades with, he had this car that they had seized from a drug bust. It was a really cool sporty car. And they asked a few people to ride on it, like ride on the sunroof 
to be in the parades and wave their hands. Nice. So (laughs) I remember this like so intensely, but I remember riding home from one of those parades and I was sitting in the back seat of, I think, I don't know, of a car. And I caught the reflection of my thighs in the window. And I was so embarrassed at how big my thighs looked. I don't even think anyone else was in the back seat with me, right? No one else could see what I could see. Mm-hmm. But I was doing everything I could to pull my shorts down to cover, like cross my legs, like make them look smaller because I yeah. was just horrified at what I saw. I was 11 years old. Yeah. And I continued to think that way about my thighs my entire life. I mean, I probably weighed 100 pounds then, right? So imagine mm-hmm. like you weigh more and more and you have babies and you weigh more and you gain and you lose weight. You know, I continued with that idea of my thighs until I worked with you. Hashtag big thighs. Yeah. And (laughs) they're glorious and they've never actually been big, which is like super funny. Like I look back and I'm like, my legs have always been muscular. I've always been somewhat in shape, even when I've been overweight, like I've always had some athletic abilities. So that ability to put on short shorts now, because those are coming back in style and not ordering the Bermuda length. Cause I always thought I had Bermuda length legs. Like I needed to have those extra <laughs> long shorts in order to go out in public. And it's yeah. just not true. And the only thing that actually changed was my thought about my thighs and you helped me achieve that. And it's, it's really life-changing to look down and admire and love a body part that you spent so much time being mad at and ashamed of. Yeah. I was going to ask you, I was like, what's the feeling now that you're able to like release the angst you had about your thighs? Yeah. Like I just feel proud of them. And my thought is like, hot damn, these are great legs. Look at these legs, thighs for days. Like it's a super different thought than the, whatever I was thinking that they were too big or this is horrible. And then feeling ashamed and like scared of anybody seeing them. Yeah. I'm so glad you shared that story because there's so many people who have the same thoughts about their thighs, or maybe Mm -hmm. it's not the thighs. It's like their stomach, Mm -hmm. or maybe it's their arms, or maybe it's their chin. Like there's something that people latch onto in their brains that they think this certain body part or many, it's Mm -hmm. a problem. Yeah. And so the more that you think this, it's like, I call you're in problem bill, right? The Mm. problems around the problem that you see, they just grow. And everywhere you look every day, you're like focused on the thing that you don't like. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, this just comes from the way we were raised, from marketing, advertising, how we were socialized, what teachers taught us, what family members taught us, who teased us in school. Yeah. No one taught us how to love and accept body parts. Right. We were taught how to pick apart our bodies. And like, it's so socially acceptable to go out with a group of women and have everybody be just talking so negatively about themselves or mm-hmm. what they're going to eat. I have a, like such a low tolerance for that now. Like I don't think about food as good or bad. I don't punish myself if I go out and I have a good meal that I enjoy. And I would never sit around with people and like talk shit about myself anymore. Why is that okay? But it's bad to talk good about yourself. It's so fascinating. It feels uncomfortable. It's like that herd mentality. If everyone's talking negatively about yourself, then you're like accepted because Mm -hmm. that's the way we view ourselves in the grander society. So Mm -hmm. collectively, 
it makes sense that we would get together as young women and be like, oh my God, I can't stand this. Oh my God, I can't stand it. And then some of us, the mean girls, we would turn our attention on someone else and point out all the terrible things that are wrong with another person. So if you're struggling with some part of you, I just want to offer, like, just give yourself some compassion. And there's nothing wrong with you. It's just that you haven't learned to think differently about yourself. And sometimes you were just explaining, like you were 11 when you remember the size of your thighs. I have a similar story. I was probably 12 or 13 where I was like, oh my God, I have curves. I have boobs. I have hips. Mm -hmm. And I was very embarrassed and like Mm -hmm. wanting to cover myself up. Yeah. Yeah. And so I never felt comfortable until I decided like, oh, wait a second. I get to feel comfortable in the body that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And instead of thinking like, well, I need to look just like the Victoria's Secrets models. Yeah. Right. Or I need to look just like whatever catalogs we were getting back in the day. And that was the acceptable body type, which yeah. I would never in a million years have at five, two. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I have met you in person though, and you are quite beautiful. So um, thank you. You are welcome. <laughs> yeah. I think to that whole idea of like trying to look like models when the models don't even in real life, they don't even look like that. It's, just, it's not attainable unless you have someone Photoshopping you <laughs> actively Photoshopping. you. Yeah. I was I actually studied advertising in college and mm-hmm. undergrad. And I remember I was very interested in magazine and print advertising. And I went to like start my own magazine for young black girls because we didn't see ourselves yeah. in the magazines. But then when I learned about like all the photoshopping and the editing that was I was like horrified. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. all that was real. But you're like, <laughs> what? These people don't <laughs> exist. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then we're striving to like find the right makeup or the right hair product or the right leggings that give us that look of these people that are like they're not real. They're not real. And so this just explains, like, we're just kind of talking about the mentality and the environment in which we were raised and how these beliefs about ourselves and our bodies were formed. And so when I coach clients, because I teach them how to stop dieting forever, and they come to me in their 30s and their 40s, and their beliefs about what they need to do to lose weight, how they feel about their bodies. They're just so ingrained in like, I can't do this. Something is wrong with me. I've got to punish myself to be acceptable. Like all of these stories that we've been telling ourselves for decades, it takes time to unravel. It's Mm -hmm. possible. It's totally possible. Like you're a perfect example of that happening, but it's such a widespread I keep thinking of the word like virus of the way that we've been raised to think about ourselves that lots of people out there I can help. There are so many people. (laughs) I mean, there are so many people. It's so true. And like what happens if everyone starts to love themselves how they are? And now that doesn't have to mean that you don't want to change things or improve things, right? But you're not looking at whatever your goal is as like a deficit to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's not a problem. Do you remember when I first became your client and I was like, I refuse to work out. 
Like I had worked out with a trainer and I was like, I can't work out. I can't go to the gym. I can't do all these things. I'm not going to do it. Do you remember how like I was so resistant to everything? Mm -hmm. And now I work out because I see the value of how I feel when I do it. I'm not doing it to lose weight. I'm not doing it as a punishment so that I can go have Cheetos, right? But do you remember what I told you when we first started working together about the whole working out thing? Remind me. I was like, don't. Yeah, that's right. Right? You totally were like, don't do it. Don't Don't work work out. out. That's exactly what I tell my clients because a lot of them do punish themselves through Mm -hmm. exercise. Yeah, and I think I lost over 20 pounds not exercising. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and a lot of it was like, this is what it was, you guys. I mean, you should still like figure all of this stuff out, but like it was meal planning, not in the sense of like, I can only have all these macros and micros or what it was nothing like that. Mm -hmm. And it was thought work. All of it was the thought work really. And like the actions were from the thought work that I was doing. Yeah. But I still do. Yeah. And I was just literally teaching you a different way to think. That's it. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the very basics of what I teach. Yeah. Is like I teach people a different way to think about food. I teach people a different way to think about themselves. And mm-hmm. I teach people a way to look at what their own thoughts are. Because yes. so many beliefs that we have about ourselves, we don't question it. We don't know where it came from. We just believe like, oh, well, of course I have to like stop eating carbohydrates if I want to lose 10 pounds. Yeah. We're just all on autopilot, but it's like mm-hmm. whose system created that autopilot for us? Like which system yeah. are we in? And like, we have so much control over how we reprogram that system. So your new autopilot is actually creating the result that you want over time. And it's very easy, like autopilot, like the thoughts I have about myself now are all the time instead of like so much on purpose, like, no, actually you like this about yourself or no, actually this is how we decided to think about this. Mm -hmm. And the amount of happiness I think that I experienced from that and the amount of love I experience instead of hatred totally changes the trajectory of, I think it it changes like what I believe is possible for myself in my business and how I show up to my family, how I show up to my own teenage daughter, who's going to grow up in her formative, you know, puberty years with a mother that's not on a diet. That warms my heart. That's like part of the mission, right? Mm -hmm. Is I can teach my clients what is possible when they change their mindset, then they can be an example to their kids, to their grandkids, to their coworkers, to their boss. Like there's just that huge trickle down effect Mm -hmm. that is just so amazing to me. Yeah. It's like, how does this end generational dieting in my Mm -hmm. family? Like, Mm -hmm. cause I come from a long line of dieters. My grandma is in her late eighties, still dieting. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, I clients who are in their seventies who are like, like there has to be a better way done with dieting. Yeah. I look at my daughter, you know, she's almost 13 and she came to me a few weeks ago with disparaging thoughts about her own thighs. And I just was like, Oh my God, no. (laughs) But instead of of like (laughs) making her shove that down or telling her that that wasn't real for her, like we were able to have a conversation about what do powerful legs look like and how can you, instead of not liking this because of the angle you're looking at it, like how is this actually good for you? And what do these legs grow into? You're going to be taller than me. You got to have some stems to hold you up. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's so good, Heather. I hope that, so. I, I hope mean, it, it makes me a little bit emotional to hear you describe the conversation that you had with your daughter because mm-hmm. there's so many daughters who are never going to have that conversation with their mom. Yeah. Right? Well, my mom there's... would never put a swimming suit on and go swimming because she was right. so insecure about her body. You know, so then that made me think like, should I not put a swimming suit on? Like, are mm-hmm. people looking at me in that way? Like, what am I supposed to look like in order to put on a swimsuit? Yeah. Like, what is swimsuit ready? Right. And I love that slogan. Like, this is how you're swimsuit ready. Like, you have a swimsuit and a body and you just apply your swimsuit. (laughs) Like, that's all you need. Everybody is a beach body. Yeah. I love that. And I agree. And I admire every woman out on the beach that's in a swimming suit, like in the ocean or at the pool, in the pool with their kids Mm -hmm. at any size. I just, think that that's incredible and the message that it's sending to their kids that they're able to get in and have fun. Yeah. I have no idea how hard it was for them to get into that swimming suit, but like I'm admiring them. Mm -hmm. Regardless. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a muscle that needs to be exercised, but I think it's really important that we're having this conversation so people can hear that it is possible. Mm -hmm. That they're not like too far gone or it's not possible for them to really love and accept themselves no matter what their weight is. And that's one of the things that I do teach in my process. And you alluded to it a little bit at the beginning where it's like, you're trying to motivate yourself to lose weight from this place of hatred. Like it's very difficult (laughs) and it's hard to sustain. And that's why people start and they stop and they start and they stop because it's hard Mm -hmm. versus just deciding to accept and love yourself exactly where you are, exactly the way you look now, exactly with your thigh size. I always talk about the cellulite on my legs. Like that's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Right. When you can come from that place of like acceptance, it doesn't even have to be love, but can you like accept yourself now? Following your plan is much more enjoyable. Yeah. Because you're treating your body with love. You're doing something that feels good and you're doing something intentionally to make yourself feel good. Yeah. I'm glad you brought it up like the intentional part of it and like how much is possible for you when you are intentional at all on purpose in anything. So like how you want to show up for your body, how you want to show up for your sleep routine, how you want to show up to your business. Like when you do any of it with any thought out intention on purpose, your results are so much different than when we're just like white knuckling through our days, like hoping everything works out, starting our day out from overwhelm and wondering why we feel like shit at the end of the day. Like (laughs) you're in charge of that. Like we all have the same 24 hours in the day. You Mm -hmm. can spend it frantic or you can spend it intentional. It doesn't take any more time to be intentional. It actually takes less time, I think, after you've practiced doing it. Yes. Keyword practice, right? Because that's something that you intentionally have to revisit throughout your day. Like perfect example today, Woke up this morning, I was like, good. And then I wasn't, Mm -hmm. right? Avalanche of circumstances, which one of my clients used to say. (laughs) And then, you know, just kind of like takes you out the game for a minute. This is regarding my business. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, all right, I had podcasts to record, I had emails to write. Like there's so much stuff I had to do today. I was like, okay, how do I intentionally want to experience this day? Yes, these circumstances have occurred. Yes, I can feel crappy or unsure about them, but I have work to do, right? I have important things to do. I always say that my work is important because my clients are important. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I'm over here wallowing in self-pity and fear, then the work's not getting done. So I was like, all right, I intentionally am deciding how I'm going to exist till 12 o'clock. <laughs> we can make it till noon. <laughs> yes. Right. Made it to noon, left a message from my coach. She left me some coaching. I was like, all right, good. Back in the game. And now we can make it to the rest of the afternoon. Yeah. I think that's just, really great. And it's the same thing with weight loss, right? You wake up in the morning and you're having whatever the kids are all over the place. You know, your day is starting off chaotic. You step and so on the scale and it's higher than you thought. Step on the scale and you're like, oh my God, how did that happen? Monday morning, right? The weekend mm-hmm. brain is catching up with you. Mm-hmm. And your initial thought, you're like, oh my God, I'm just going to go eat. Like I'm just going to go to Starbucks. I'm going to get my caffeine, sugary beverage to make myself feel better. That will help me like get prepared for work. And when you can experience the uncomfortable place of not seeing the number that you want on the scale and still do what you need to do without eating, like that's a game changer. Mm -hmm. And that's like one of the things that will change your weight permanently is exercising that muscle to one, be okay with being uncomfortable and upset and experiencing all the uncomfortable emotions. And two, deciding, you know what, I'm going to follow through on my commitment to myself anyway. Yeah. You posted something on social media a few weeks back, right after that terrible shooting in Texas at the elementary Mm -hmm. school. Do you mind sharing that process? Like this is a really good example of like being in your feelings and not recognizing it right away, but then having that recognition and really being there for yourself instead of being there for the Doritos. Yeah. So being able to experience and very uncomfortable emotions, one is awareness. So just even recognizing what was happening. And I think as I explained, you guys can go look, it's on social media. I think I have it at Jennifer Dent Brown on Mm -hmm. Instagram. And it's the image of Texas, black and white, um, the state of Texas. But as I was experiencing intense sadness, I recognized that I had an intense desire to eat. And at that moment in time, I didn't connect the two. But when I did connect the two, the awareness kicked in and I was like, oh, this is what's happening right now. And so I just acknowledged it. So one of the things that we teach as life coaches is really learning how to be an observer of your own brain and not getting caught up in the emotions. We understand that every emotion we have is caused by a thought that we're having. So this intense emotion that I was having at that time or wouldn't allow myself to have, I knew it was caused by my thoughts about what I was seeing on the news. And so because I recognized that, I wasn't diving headfirst into the Haagen-Dazs ice cream to feel better. Mm-hmm. I saw exactly what was happening. So same thing with like growing a business and you got to like put yourself out there. Very uncomfortable to sell yourself to clients. Very uncomfortable. Even for established business owners and you have a lot of clients and you're like, oh my God, I don't know how to handle all these clients. It can be very <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah. Every level is uncomfortable. Exactly. There's a level of uncomfortability at every single level. So the better you get at seeing what's happening, like being aware of what the uncomfortable emotion is, whether it's fear or anxiety or stress or sadness or overwhelm, like whatever that is, 
when you can link it to very specific thoughts, it allows you to kind of like step outside of yourself almost Mm -hmm. and just observe what's happening. It's almost like you're just watching a movie like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. So these are all the thoughts over here that are causing me to feel this type of way. Yeah. And the better you can get at that, then the easier the growth is. Right. So that looks like sometimes you have awareness and you still eat the ice cream and then you evaluate that afterwards. Mm -hmm. Totally. And then like the very practiced muscle of feeling feelings, you process those feelings and you allow yourself to want ice cream and you don't have it. Mm -hmm. And some people would be like, well, isn't that a punishment then? And it's like, it's not actually because there's like no consequence for not eating the ice cream (laughs) other than you might feel your feelings. Mm -hmm. And I actually remember very specifically the first time where I felt my feelings, Mm -hmm. the uncomfortable feeling without eating. When I made it through to the other side and the other side literally was like six minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It was a long journey through those six minutes. It was a very uncomfortable six minutes. I remember it was, it was stress I was feeling. Yeah. I felt like freaking superwoman. Like I felt so powerful and I was like, oh my God. Mm. Like the urge to eat had dissipated. I felt calmer and I was like, I did it. In that moment, I was like, this is a thing. Like it can actually happen. Yeah. So I think when you experience that, it gets a lot easier to be like, all right, let me just sit here. Like I always talk about going to cry in the closet. I'll go in my closet and cry for like 10 minutes. I'm like, all right, okay. Now we're out. Now we get back to work. You in your closet. It's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Oh, I love it. Sometimes yeah. You just well, got to give yourself some time. Well, yeah. And I think like kind of crying on purpose or like having that pressure relief valve, pressure release valve, whatever you want to call it, available to you. You're probably like Pavlov trained now. Like when you walk into that closet, you just know you can let it all out. <laughs> I could just sit down and ugly cry for five minutes and then walk out. Yeah. But it's almost like taking a nap. So Mm -hmm. everybody can relate to this. Like when you're exhausted and you're really, really tired and you're just like, let me just sit down and like close my eyes for 10 minutes. And then you wake up 10 minutes later and you just feel like you just feel a little less tired. You feel refreshed. It's the same thing. Taking a little break. Yeah. Taking a little break. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So tell me and tell everybody listening, what is it like to work with you now? Cause I know your program has changed a little bit from the first time I went through it. Tell me all the deets. Give us all the mm-hmm. details. Give us the juice. Yeah. So <laughs> all, all the details. So this is what it is now. It's so funny because I've been coaching since 2014. Mm-hmm. And so I have done all the things. Right. And your your clients, they try different things. You try different marketing strategies. You try different things to bring people into the business. And you only know what doesn't work if you try it. If you don't right. try it, then you'll never know whether something works or not. So I feel like I have tried a lot of different things. So where we are now with me teaching people to stop dieting forever process is a monthly membership. Okay. Cool. 30 days, which is my boot camp, right? So this is where you learn the Stop Guiding Forever process in 30 days. Week one is the most life-changing week. That's like my favorite week in the boot camp. And then you spend the remaining three weeks 
learning the process, learning different strategies, learning different tools, learning how to manage your thoughts about mm-hmm. what you learned in the first week. And then that's the process, right? That's the stop dieting forever process. And then you move into what I call phase two. So the boot camp is phase one, which is the okay. learn phase. And then you're going into phase two, which is actually lose. So you're taking what you've learned in phase one and you're learning how to master it in phase two, lose okay. phase. And so for some people that takes three months, for some people that take six months, for some people that may take 12 months. So I offer a monthly membership. So you can pay monthly as you go along mm-hmm. or I offer a 12 month. So you can okay. do 12 months up front if you know, like I really want to make sure this sticks. I want to make sure I've been a supportive community while I'm learning it. Then you yeah. just pay for the year. I love it. I would recommend doing that and then even staying in beyond that. I mean, you have people mm-hmm. that stay in, right? Like I'm still a member and yeah. I go kind of like in and out of wherever I'm at. But like the thing about this community is, is that it's supportive. And as you know, you go through this boot camp and you learn all of this information, and then you've got to apply it. And I think sometimes our brains are not yet changed. And so we go into our default thinking the way we do have done everything else. And we just kind of give up because we think things should happen really, really fast. Mm -hmm. And here I am two years after the original time we worked together. And I still am reaping the benefits of those first 30 days of that first initial learning of this material and applying it. And it's, we don't have to make it hard, but we will. (laughs) Well, yes. So it's, (laughs) I say life gets lifey, right? So it's like you learn the process and everything is fine. And then circumstance happens, you get sick, you lose your job, you move, Mm -hmm. somebody dies, like all of the things that used to drive you to eat. Go on vacation. You go on vacation, right? You're slapped in the face with life. Life gets lifey. And now it's like, oh crap, I got to figure out how to do what I learned in phase one and apply it to now in this life circumstance. And so that's where being in the community and having accessibility to a Mm -hmm. coach And the support within the community really, really helps. Yeah. And you just stay in until you reach what I call phase three, which is your forever weight, Mm -hmm. which is maintenance. And as you know, there is an adjustment period that comes with moving from thinking like a person who's actively losing weight Mm -hmm. to now it's like, oh, I have to like think like this in a certain way to be able to maintain the weight. And a lot of us don't know how to do that because look, for those of us who have reached our goal weight and then have gained the weight back again, it's simply because we didn't know what to do. We didn't know how to think when we got to our goal weight. We don't know how to think like the person that weighs the goal weight, right? Right. All the time. And how to exist in life circumstances, like how do I go on vacation and not eat all the things and like (laughs) maintain my weight? Like, how do I do that? I don't know how to navigate these things. So I also coach people who have reached their forever weight and there's additional curriculum for them as well. Yeah, it's very good. And the amount of access you have to Jennifer as far as like her coaches and her coaching is really, really incredible. And she has 
so much information. So I just want to give you a full endorsement. So whoever is listening (laughs) to this and is like, you know, I've been thinking about my health lately and I been thinking I want to lose weight or I want to think about my body in a different way. Like this is who I recommend. And I can't say enough about Jennifer. She's one of my friends. I feel like we're friends for life. We went through life coach school together. We can't help it. (laughs) And I've worked with her extensively and I have coached with her for quite a while too. So that's also fun. And we're both coaches and we both actively get coached because a clean brain helps you make better decisions, easier, faster, and helps you delete all of the drama that's keeping you stuck, whether that be in your weight or your business. And I can't recommend highly enough that if you don't have a coach, you should get one. (laughs) Or if you don't have accessibility to a coach, that's the thing. Like even within your program, like the ability to know you can show up at a certain day, at a certain time Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, I got a question or my brain is stuck here. I just don't understand. Can you Mm -hmm. just like tease out or shine a flashlight on what I'm thinking or help me see what's holding me back. Yeah. That's the gold there, right? Like you don't Mm -hmm. have to have a coach just because you have a lot of crap going on. Like having a coach to help you as life happens and as life unfolds, because we never know what's going to happen, just makes it more fun and enjoyable. And you spend less time in the river of misery. Life is always going to be 50-50, but you get to perceive your life in a totally different way. So, I mean, join my coaching program, join Jennifer's, like, let's get you all coached up. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And you want to work with a coach that doesn't just give you the answer. Yeah. Right. So there's like, I mean, this is probably a whole nother podcast of like (laughs) the type of coaching, but you want a coach that will guide you and ask you the very specific questions to help your brain shift and morph in a way that comes up with an answer that works best for you. So important. Yes. And we can all have how greed where we want someone to just tell us how Mm -hmm. to do it. Give us the blueprint, print it out. I just want to follow a flow chart or whatever. And you'll hear me say this over and over again. That is fine, but it only takes you so far. And at a certain point, you really want to develop and flex the skills and the muscles to be making these decisions on your own, like develop that tool set Mm -hmm. so that you can do these things without someone telling you how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like we let you fly. When I tell people like, I don't give you an eating plan. I don't tell you like what to work out, how much. We're not ordering food online. We're not not doing any of that. I'm not looking at, I'm like... I'm teaching you your macros. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not checking macros. I'm teaching you how to understand your own body. So you always have the answer. Once Mm -hmm. you understand that, no one can take that away from you. Period. Oh, good. Okay. So with that, we are going to wrap things up. Thank you so much for being here. People can reach Jennifer at jenniferdent.com or at jenniferdentbrown on Instagram. So go follow her. Oh, and... She also has her own podcast called the Stop Dieting Forever oh, yeah. Podcast. I highly recommend. She has a lot of episodes. I have a lot of episodes and a lot of listeners. <laughs> do. <laughs> yeah. Goals. <laughs> I love it. Thanks Thank again. Thank you, Heather. All right. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you next week on another episode of the MFR Coaches Podcast. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining me today. My goal is to help all MFR therapists stop under earning and burning out. 
I have several resources available for you. Read my book, The MFR Coach's Guide to Having Your Own MFR Business, available on Amazon and at Advanced John Barnes MFR Seminars. Keep listening to the podcast. I'll always have fresh content each and every week. Join my group coaching program. Enrollment opens four times per year. We take all the information I teach and lay down the foundation for your six-figure MFR business. It's more than just raising rates, but you'll make that the hardest part. Then expand into the business owner who delivers your rate like it's just the news and who can sell MFR to anyone in any situation. I'll show you how. Get on my email list, follow me on social media at the MFR coach, and visit my website for more information on group enrollment, themfrcoach.com. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.